Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and the Weiss. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're excited about our guest today, who is from ThomasNet, which we will introduce in just a moment. Uh, but before we get to that, I would like to have our sponsor, Postscript, from the last show. Lou, how are you doing today? I'm doing swell. Good afternoon to all of us. Uh, I do have a, a short uh, Postscript from our show of uh, two weeks ago. We had uh, Brad Holcomb from ISM, Institute Supply Management, on the show. And he gave us uh, some very good insight into uh, the recent past last year and the forecast uh, for 2014 and I just wanted to uh, remind uh, everyone of that show uh, which you can listen to online if you go to mfgtalkradio.com. That being said, Brad was uh, extremely uh, positive for 2014 uh, going into the year with a December number of 57.0. He's uh, projecting a 4.4% uh, rise for next year. That's good for all of us. Kind of warned us a little bit about as we start approaching the number 60, about the perhaps the overheating of the manufacturing economy, but I'd rather take overheating than cooling off. So thanks, Brad, for that uh, little tidbit. There was another point that he brought up about the capital expenditure increase forecast, which is set for 8.8 percent, which 2013 was 12.0. So it's a little bit of a dip, but uh, perhaps indicating that we don't have to worry about a uh, overheating. But 8.8 percent is uh, fantastic, and uh, I'm sure it's going to affect uh, our business as a uh, producing uh, forging manufacturer producing material into the uh, heavy industries. So that being said, uh, everything looks like it's going to be extremely well for 2014. Uh, let's get our guest introduced here. Uh, Phil Peranicus is the Director of New Product Development with ThomasNet. And today he is going to talk to us about four key components of your digital presence. I'm going to let Phil, walk us through those four key components, but just for a quick top summary, they are going to be a website, a solid traffic driver, email marketing, and of course, social media. Phil, take it away. Absolutely. Thanks, gentlemen. I really appreciate being on the show today. Just take a quick moment to let everybody know that I'm talking today from the headquarters of ThomasNet. Um, you mostly know us as the Big Green Books, right, from back in the day. Um, today, we're all online. Everything is done digitally. But whether you're talking about the days of print or today, our mission has not changed. It's to connect buyers and sellers in the industrial and manufacturing space. Get started talking about some of this great digital media stuff that's been around lately. We all know that today 
social media is the rage, right? Everyone's talking about social. Everybody wants to jump onto that bandwagon. Um, but some people aren't too sure what's the best strategy, and we still hear people questioning why, right? Why do I need to be involved with social? It sounds like something that's really for the kids, you know, to be on Facebook and sharing pictures. I don't see how that's going to help my business out. Um, guys, have you heard some of that on your end? Actually, we hear quite a bit of it. And many times it happens that I'm talking to someone who's still uh, telling me to turn his fax machine, his telephone off, uh, so that he could receive a fax machine, a uh, fax message. So uh, there are people out there who are not particularly savvy, and we're hoping that you can enlighten them today. I think that's very true, Phil, that uh, the small and mid-sized enterprise manufacturer out there really struggles with trying to get content into their website. And when it comes to social media, which they do view as Facebook and MySpace and that kind of thing, they're really unsure how they can leverage that. So we're anxious to hear what you have to share. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that, the, you know, the industrial space, what, what people are doing through social. They're simply connecting with peers. Um, they're starting to do some of their sourcing research, right? Of course, um, you know, we have millions of people coming to ThomasNet a month to do the same. But sometimes people want to reach beyond our space and say, hey, what can I find out about these folks? And they're looking to social media to find those answers, whether it's as simple as looking at some of the company profile information or looking to see what other customers have to say about experiences with those particular companies. Um, so they're doing a lot of research. Um, one of the, the words I'll throw out, out to you is crowdsourcing. And the idea of crowdsourcing is, hey, I'm not sure what to do, all right? So my, my spring guy decided to go to China and not tell me, right? Now I'm dealing with part failures as a result. Where do I go? I've been dealing with this guy for 20 years. It's not unlikely that they're going to turn to social now to start the research to find a new vendor for them. Um, also, they use it to keep up with developments, uh, thanks to blogging and all of the thought leaders or the go-to people that contribute on a regular basis. Um, we have boatloads of new content coming out on a regular basis. Um, one thing I do want to say about social is it's not really set up for what I'll call immediate direct marketing when you're talking about participating in the social channels themselves. Now, I, I am putting aside the fact that you could advertise on a lot of social channels these days, but primarily folks are not going there to advertise or to be sold necessarily. They're looking to have conversations and to have problems solved. But before we get really deep into social, and strategies and what works and um, what people do that can use some improvement, we have to talk about the four pieces, uh, Tim, that you alluded to earlier. And the key here is that social does not happen in a vacuum. Any social media that you do, do has to be part of a much bigger digital strategy, right? And I use the word strategy because everything we do, whether it's digital or if we're doing traditional methods, has to be strategic, right? We have to start out with goals, what are we looking to achieve, and then how are we looking to do them? But before you worry too much about your social strategy, the number one piece, the most important piece, is still your website when it comes to digital, right? And for all the listeners out there, I'd like you to think about a pyramid for a minute. And just imagine at the bottom layer of the pyramid, we have the website. 
And we have the website because that, to me, is the most important piece because that's where a lot of your content will live, and that's the domain that you're able to control entirely, right? So a couple of pointers for a good website, and forgive me if you know some of this, but repetition is always a good thing. It's got to be information rich. You want to get in-depth about your products, your services. You want to detail your capabilities. The more detail you give folks, the better, simply because your website is a research tool. It's like a salesperson working for you 24-7, 365. So the more content you have to describe your capabilities and products, the more likely they are not only to buy from you, but to shorten your sales cycle, right? So when folks are picking up the phone or sending you an email, it's not, hey, do you do what I need? They already know that. And then it might come down to, do I need an A or a B, and can you sell it to me, right? Isn't that a wonderful concept? You also want to do some good old-fashioned marketing 101. You want to differentiate yourself from your competitors, right? Everyone has a website, so how do you do that? Very simple. Talk about what makes you unique, what makes you different, right? Showcase your completed jobs. Um, highlight product applications. Share customer testimonials and success stories. Those are going to speak volumes. You can say you're the best ABC maker in the world, but if your customers are telling the story for you, can't put a price on that. Right? A couple of other things to think about with your website. It has to be attractive and easy to navigate. Forget about all that gimmicky stuff. I want a gear rotating on my home page and flying off the screen. That's not what engineers and purchasing agents are there to see. They want to know do you have it in their specifications. How quickly can they get it and how much is it going to cost? Um, and this is probably one of the biggest things I see missing. Strong calls to action. Uh, I always like to think about the world we grew up in, you know, operators are standing by, call now, ask for the RFQ, ask them to buy it now. Um, those are the main points I have for website. Uh, gents, before I jump over to traffic building strategies, you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, Phil, I, I would like to ask you a question. Uh, I've gone through it. Uh, our website is up on uh, the Internet since 1994. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, uh, aren't we the 2400th company on the Internet in the United States or some number like that? Yeah, I think the uh, the number is, you know, back in the day when the new uh, websites were coming online, we were, I think, 2,734, and, and I can't even tell you how many hundreds of millions are there today. The point that I, I bring that up, it's taken us 20 years to get to the point that we are, and we've gone through uh, many migrations of our website, and we've had to bring in many uh, individuals, SEO companies, and so on, to uh, help us being that uh, in the day, nobody knew what they were doing. Uh, today, only the pros like Thomas Net know. Uh, the point, the question that I'm, I'm trying to arrive at is, um, as the owner, manufacturer, president of a manufacturing company, how do I go about doing all the things that you just took 10 minutes to tell us? It's a very uh, scary environment, the uh, Internet and SEO world, uh, social. You just added a new dimension to it. What is your recommendation to the mid-sized small manufacturing company to uh, approach what it is that you have suggested that they do? Tim, the, the first thing I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Lou, in response to that is, 
please do not ask your niece, nephew, son, daughter to do this, <laughs> or your, or or your son's college roommate. He is an expert in the internet. Well, he might think he's an expert in the internet, but the reality is, when it comes down to your website, to me, it's the most important piece, at least, of digital marketing for your business. So you'll want to find a pro, and you they come in all shapes and sizes. You can use the, you know, the the company downtown, or you can use a company as big as ours and many in between to help you build your website. But you'll want to go with the pro, and it's just like if you had a toothache, you wouldn't ask your wife to pull it for you, right? You'd want to go to the dentist on that one. Well, it's the same deal because in order to do a website well, you need to understand the technology, the trends, and more so in our space, particularly in our space, you need to understand the mindset of the purchasers, right? And I think we could all agree that, you know, particularly engineers, me being the son of a retired mechanical engineer, um, we know that they think differently and so do purchase agents. It's not like if we're a big retail operation and we're trying to put up a sale on uh, coats or boots here. Um, so you have to understand the audience, how they search, and then more so the type of information that they're looking for. Engineers want the details. They want the details that that's going to help them make their decision. So bottom line, hire a pro at least initially to get you set up, get you going, um, and it should have a content management component. And by that I mean that in the end, Lou, you'd be able to go in and make some changes. You want to change some photos. You want to add a few press releases or some news. You should absolutely have the power to do that. Um, you shouldn't be necessarily held hostage by your web company. I've heard that story many times, and that's not a position you want to be in. So, bottom line answer, hire a pro. Would you suggest Thomas Net? But of course. <laughs> uh, you know, disclaimer, they do sign my checks and help feed the kids. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, what's most important is that you work with someone that truly understands the space. And you're giving me the chance to plug. I'll say no one does that better than us. We've been in the game since 1898. So, <laughs> uh, Phil, um, is, uh, is Thomas Net? Uh, sufficiently prepared to be able to uh, do this kind of work for the small to medium-sized companies, or are you more geared for the, uh, uh, the megalodons of uh, U.S. Uh, manufacturing? Uh, great question once again, Lou. Um, everyone from, from the mom and pa shops to the medium-sized, as well as the Fortune 500 companies. I mean, our, our offerings start with, you know, kind of basic websites, and they go all the way up to enterprise level deals that we've worked on, again, for Fortune 500 companies. I'm not allowed to drop names, but uh, higher-end requirements uh, when it comes to, you know, huge, huge catalogs, um, convoluted, uh, you know, distributor relationships, um, high-end customization, so, and, and again, everywhere in between. Um, but, but the smaller businesses do tend to be a bit of a sweet spot um, simply because there's so many of them compared to the larger businesses. Phil, I know that the next kind of piece of the puzzle is, okay, I built my website. Now, right. how do they find me? And, sure. and there's really two That's ways to do that. One is SEO and, and one is organic. Talk to us about the SEO component and touch on the organic, if you would, please. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and let's just kind of clear up some of the language here. We, we use words like SEO, PPC, SEM, uh, organic. So if we're talking organic, which kind of we tend to think of as SEO, in other words, coming up during the natural results of a search, well, that's going to depend on a lot of factors. Um, it's funny, after doing SEO since about 1996, that's almost 20 years, and I like to say when we started doing that, uh, we had 10 search engines and not one of them was Google, um, everyone thinks that there is a silver bullet. You know, don't you just hit a few buttons and I come up to the top of every search? Well, you know, if it worked that way, wouldn't everyone do it? And how would everyone do it if there are only a few top spots in the search, right? Well, organic is going to rely on the content, the theme of your website, the depth of that content, and major search engines such as Google look a lot at credibility, right? And by credibility, we're saying, is this website representative of the go-to people for what has been searched? In other words, is this a relevant match? And for credibility, uh, Google got smart. You know, back in the day, we were able to fool search engines because it would look only what we refer to as on page or on the website itself. But these days, it looks at a lot of external factors. Um, and it could be something uh, like the inbound links. In other words, the websites that are linking to you. Um, years ago, that was a quantity game. The more you had, the better off you were. But now that's become very much quality because Google wants to say, hey, I'm going to judge this person, if you will, kind of by the people it's hanging out with. So if you're hanging out with good, upstanding people that are talking about the same thing, in other words, those sites are linking to you, Google's going to assume that you are a credible source of information. Having good, deep, rich content, as we talked about earlier, you almost can't separate SEO from a good website. To me, they're all in the same, right? Having good, deep, rich content and also focusing on the more technical factors that Google and the other search engines look for uh, becomes critical. Um, and those would be, to some degree, we, we, many of us might have heard about meta tags, and these are things that are in the website code. Some of them are visible just as you uh, go to a page. Others are not, but they become very important signals to Google, suggestions, if you will. Hey, Google, this page is about this, but ultimately Google's going to say, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the judge of that by thinking about all of these other hundreds of factors when I decide what your page is about and when I should rank it during a search. Before we get into SEO, Phil, we're going to uh, sure. slide into a slide into a quick commercial break here, and we'll be back right. in about 90 seconds. All right. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.COM. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.COM. Just want to give a shout out to our sponsor today all metals and forge group is your best source for open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy carbon stainless and tool steels nickel aluminum titanium and copper just go to steelforge.com to find out all the things that they're capable of doing 
or send us a request for quote. That's All Metals and Forge Group, which can be found at steelforge.com. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. And here's a question for you. How do you keep your business humming today? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment, components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials? 30 years ago, you would have turned to Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading performer for product sourcing and supplier discovery, thomasnet.com. You can find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier with the right quality certification, fast and free. And now you can even get to that specific product or downloadable 3D CAD drawing. Find them all easily by any specification or part number. And with ThomasNet News, you receive the latest on new products and companies in the market, along with your choice of industry-specific journals. Again, all free of charge. That's thomasnet.com. There's no other reason like it. Simply visit thomasnet.com today and see what a powerful tool it can be for you. And now back to our guys and their guests. Hey, Phil, why don't uh, you touch on, if you would, the great world of SEO. Okay, so coming back to our, our traffic building strategies, right? So if we can't succeed organically, or sometimes we want to supplement um, organic results, of course, we have the opportunity to pay by the click. Of course, the major search engines um, make a fortune on this, which is good. That's, what they, that's why they love it and they support it. And it's a great opportunity, again, to get exposure um, where you might not be able to otherwise and also to supplement the natural exposure. Um, that's, you have that traditional PPC model, if you will, uh, in that you select the keywords or the root words that you want, and then you can say exclude these types and include these types. The goal there, obviously, is to come up when someone really is searching for your products or services, but you have to be careful with PPC. I'll give you a quick, for instance, we had an advertiser that did only industrial robots. Um, and we launched a PPC campaign for them many years ago. And in the process of doing that, he was getting folks that were searching for toys. And that's when we realized, well, very simple, we needed to exclude the word toys. Now, that almost sounds silly these days, but you have to be careful because when it comes to PPC, if you're paying for every click, the artistry comes when you figure out the intent and the variations of keyword phrases and getting those to line up in such a way where you maximize your budget, 
you get the clicks that will convert into leads or into customers and you try not to waste too much money. It's easy, it's very easy to spend a lot of money quickly when doing any type of pay-per-click effort simply because there's so many variables to this and it's just not as simple as choose a few words, associate a budget, and hit go and see what happens. Phil, uh, one yeah. of our uh, listeners uh, just sent in an email uh, question about the very topic you're talking about. Sure. Knowing that there is no uh, silver bullet and we have to do all of these multiple uh, projects in order to get a full scope of uh, internet and uh, SEO and social uh, media marketing. Uh, right. We're talking about the expense involved and uh, sure. um, a lot of the smaller companies, uh, they work on uh, budgets uh, uh, similar to trying to nail uh, nail jello to the wall so I, right. I guess my, my the question that they're intimating here is um, budget wise what would be the uh, perhaps number one two three tactic to use first second and third sure that's that's a great question I'd like to thank the listener for presenting that question to us we're going through the layers right now we're on the second layer of our pyramid which would be the traffic building strategy so my recommendation is let's build this pyramid from the bottom up right physically I don't think we could do it any other way right even though we're talking an analogy here but you're going to build your website you're going to drive traffic to it to me those are the essential pieces before you would invest in PPC I would strongly suggest that you get the pay-per-click that you get an organic strategy down first but besides PPC keep in mind of course you have the specialty websites you have directories such as ThomasNet that speak only to the audience that you want and you also have many publications out there um, many if not all of them by now are online and they also offer opportunities for advertising and that's typically by the way of display ads so you'd want to spend your money on your website first then driving traffic to it and then we're going to go through the next couple of layers building up on that pyramid but before I jump over to the next one gentlemen I just wanted to give you the opportunity to ask any more questions on on the traffic building pieces to make sure you feel that we have that well covered well I think you cover the SEO component uh, I'm not sure that I I heard um, one of the other components and that is their listing in ThomasNet Right. So when, when we talk about ThomasNet, obviously it's a directory. Uh, it behaves differently than a search engine. Um, you can control your position in ThomasNet, and you could also select the categories that are most relevant to your business. We invite and allow everyone to be a free lister as well. You get plenty of cool stuff just by kind of showing up and giving us your information. You can start to get some exposure that way. And then you could further invest if you'd like and get higher up on the list um, to further increase your exposure. Oh, great, Phil. And, and I'm going to uh, throw this next question to you. And then I would like to hear uh, Lou's input on it as well because he has done a lot of email marketing over the years, but why don't you talk about email marketing in general, and then Lou can address what his company has done specifically. Phil? Okay, great. So now we're at the, at the third layer, if you will, of the pyramid. We're talking about email marketing. Now, there are a couple of different types, you know, 
back in the day, anyone who came out of the traditional world said, oh, I love this concept of email marketing. So if I'm selling, you know, bolts, specialty bolts for bridges, I could find all the contractors that specialize in building bridges, and I can email them. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah, please don't do that. Please don't harass your prospects. They don't want to hear from you unless they specifically said they want to hear from you. Our position on email is to use it to nurture your prospects. So after they've identified themselves at some point and given you their email and said, hey, I want to talk to you, that's your opportunity to nurture. Right? And typically, we're nurturing either identified prospects or existing customers. Um, back in the day when I ran my own business, it was marketing business, that's how I got started in this world, my dad used to remind me on a regular basis, hey, did you, did you get out and you know reach out to your customers? You're picking up the phone and calling them, seeing how they're doing? Yeah, sure, Pop. Who's got the time for that, right? Wouldn't you all love to do that on a regular basis? I mean, wouldn't that be a great job? We just get to wine and dine our clients and see how they're doing and then tell them about all these great new products and services that we have? Nobody's got the time for that. But that function is very important, and that's where you have email to fill that need to keep your brand top of mind and avoid that out of sight, out of mind mentality. And Lou, now you've got a pretty robust email marketing program that goes out to, if I recall correctly, tens of thousands of people who have opted into your list. Tell us a little bit about your program. I'll take pride in saying that it's actually more than tens of thousands, and, and not that I'm leaking any company secrets. So we do have just short of 70,000 email subscribers who have subscribed to our newsletter and has been receiving literature and information from us for years. One of the things that we concentrated on, uh, referring back to something that uh, Phil said a few moments ago, is the list building, a program of uh, uh, keeping our uh, subscribers engaged. And uh, we have a gentleman in uh, France who is our metallurgist and researcher who answers questions from our customers. Customers, so we've we've given a lot of value. You can't, as you said before, uh, uh, Phil, that you can't just keep inundating them with uh, advertisements telling them how uh, great you are. So we we give a lot of value, a lot of information, and uh, our newsletter is uh, chock full of marketing uh, information as well as uh, manufacturing and stats and so on uh, about manufacturing, not only here in the United States but uh, overseas. Uh, as well. The email that you're talking about, do you actually run campaigns for your customers? Is that what what ThomasNet offers? Yeah, that's absolutely one of the many services that we offer. We offer them as standalone, and we also offer them as part of uh, complete marketing strategies that we're able to do through um, through a newer program that we have. But now, before we get into social media, or maybe we're, we should get into social media at this point, uh, because this is the one that we hear about all the time now and everybody right. looks at it and I even you know when Lou and I were originally discussing it we looked at it and said what are we going to put on Facebook so sure. help us out Bill the, the first issue I have there is we're thinking about Facebook right so 
kind of rule 101 right here with marketing and with PR because you can't talk about social without thinking about PR in that you know PR is always about branding the brand image what do people think about me and what comes to mind when you see my brand or if you're thinking about the product or service does my brand come to mind right Facebook is certainly better for the retail world when it comes to our space we're talking you know, the industrial manufacturing, and we could loosely use the word B2B, um, it's very different, right? So we need to reach a narrower portion of, of the folks. You know, Facebook is now in excess of over a billion users, um, and many say that the youngest, the millennials and the next generation even, are on the decline. They're kind of getting this Facebook fatigue, and they're, they're searching elsewhere. But in our space, we want to start out with where the professionals are, and they're found on LinkedIn. Um, currently, LinkedIn has over 259 million professionals, and many of those people are decision makers or have some type of buying power. Um, currently, uh, it, it reaches over 200 countries. While I'm a huge fan of Made in USA, I see absolutely nothing wrong with selling our stuff to the world, right? And reaching a global audience can happen through LinkedIn. The kind of the pushback I get, what I've heard from you know, customers of, of, you know, small, medium, large is, well, most of the smaller companies, well, isn't that a resume website? Isn't that where people go to find jobs or to, to announce a job? No, that, that's not it. That's not it at all anymore. That's certainly how it started, but again, it's become a tool where professionals are connecting, communicating, and collaborating with other professionals, and you start to see clicks that hang out, and they talk, and they talk shop, and they do it in LinkedIn groups. Um, they do it by sharing and liking articles and blogs. Um, and as they're doing that, they're establishing their own thought leadership, again, themselves as the go-to people, and they're also building up a network of industry professionals that do what they do, right? A great place to start with LinkedIn very simply is by building up your brand page. And that's like your little piece of real estate on LinkedIn where you could own it with your brand. This is who you are. This is what you do. And LinkedIn even gives you the opportunity to list out your products and services. Yes, you can be a little promotional here. That's what that particular part is for. That's for the research aspects. Um, you are allowed to do some marketing there. And the best part about that, gents, you're going to love it free, absolutely free to set up those pages. The part that takes time is what's more meaningful is getting out there, engaging with folks, kind of by contributing to conversations, helping to solve problems. But you kind of can't just show up, right? This would be like crashing a party, and even though you might be the funniest, most wittiest person ever, if you just show up unannounced, that's going to be a little weird, right? So you have to establish yourself as a person that's worth listening to, and you do that, ironically, by listening first, by getting the sense and the tone of the conversation, and then slowly but surely you weave your way into those conversations, right? You establish your thought leadership, and then you can go out and start to make the individual connections by saying, hey, Joe Smith, it was great chatting with you about that pump problem. Let's connect. Maybe we can, you know, 
uh, have a drink next time I'm in Cleveland. Wouldn't that be great? And we can talk pumps some more. Absolutely, right? So now you're connecting with professional friends. So that would be the first thing I would recommend there. And then Twitter is the next place I would go. And very different world than LinkedIn or Facebook, although Twitter is growing to be more Facebook-like now that it's held to a board and it's a public company, right? They need to advertise more. So it's not just about 140-character limit tweets. It's about getting visual and revenue and profit, right, just where everyone else ends up. But Twitter also is a great way to connect with those folks, have conversations, and build up a unique community of your peers, your vendors, uh, you know, specialty groups, uh, manufacturing associations, and, of course, customers, right, prospects. But, again, to do it in a way where you're not being promotional, but you're being a problem solver, you're being human, and you're being engaging. Is this making sense so far, guys? Absolutely, and uh, we've been subscribing to a lot of what you said, uh, particularly over the last uh, five or ten years. Um, I have an email request uh, for information from you before we break to our uh, next uh, commercial, uh, Phil. When the manufacturer or company, uh, non-manufacturing or manufacturing, is uh, has their website out there, they've done their email marketing, they've done their social uh, social media work. How do they know that it's working for them? What kind of uh, metrics and uh, statistical information would you suggest to them would be a good means of measuring the ROI, if you will, uh, for the efforts that they put into their site? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that was brought up. That was kind of going to be my close, actually, after we work through the, the fourth <laughs> piece here, which is social. <laughs> so uh, thank, thank you again to that listener for, you know, taking, taking my thunder here. But, look, there are a lot of different things that you could measure. And what I find is often people are measuring the wrong things, right? Ultimately, it comes down to are you getting profitable business? Right? That's really the only thing that matters to anybody in the end. And we can say that the way we get there is by brand recognition and it's by having a lot of followers and all that. But at the end of the day, we need business and it needs to be profitable. Unfortunately, that's a little tricky to measure. We could measure, thankfully, today a lot of the steps down that path, right? Or, if you will, for us more technical marketing folks, thinking about the funnel, right, where at the top of the funnel we just have kind of exposure and loose interest, and as we get toward the bottom of the funnel, we're requesting quotes and we're buying things, right? We're turning into customers. Um, it's easier to measure the top of funnel stuff, right? We can, we can measure the amount of, you know, interactions we get, engagement, how many people open the email, then how many people shared the email. It's harder to measure at the end of the day, did that turn into business for me and what was the value of that business, right? We'll get a little bit more technical here and throw out another term. Ideally, what we really want is closed-loop marketing, right? Can I track the initial eyeball 
to a dollar sign at the end. There are systems out there. Um, one that comes to mind is HubSpot, which allows you to integrate with your financial systems to see if that's actually happening because it tracks all of that other stuff. And then, it, and by stuff, I mean you know the amount of views and clicks you're getting. Um, but it, it could track back, uh, tie back into your financial system to see if that turned into into a job for you. Great, Bill. Uh, we're going to take a uh, commercial break here. We're probably back in about two minutes to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Do you want a free analysis of your inbound marketing? Do you want it in 30 seconds or less? Then check out Marketing Grader, the free marketing tool from HubSpot. It's simple. Just go to marketinggrader.com. Enter the URL that you want to analyze, and Marketing Grader will instantly give you a detailed report grading your lead generation, mobile marketing, social media, competitive benchmarking, and more. It's simple, it's powerful, and it's free. MarketingGrader.com. And after you check out Marketing Grader, check out SteelForge.com, our sponsor for today's show. The folks at All Metals and Forge Group an ISO 9001 and AS9100 registered company. They provide manufacturing and industrial companies with quick price and delivery quotes and clean quality forgings for their parts. Everything from aircraft engines and landing gears to gear blanks and downhole shafts, hubs or subs. You name it, they do it. Find out more, simply visit steelforge.com. And by all means, send us your RFQ request for quote for any open die forgings or seamless rolled rings anywhere from 20 pounds to over 80,000 pounds. It's all there at steelforge.com. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. And, you know, it's no secret that manufacturers are having trouble filling jobs today. It's true. Now, with Thomas Nett's new job board, help is on the way. For manufacturers, Thomas Nett Jobs is the go-to resource to recruit new talent. You can post your jobs and get in front of thousands of potential employees. Or, if you're looking for a new job, or you want to reinvent yourself with a new job, thomasnettjobs.com offers lots of exciting opportunities, from the shop floor all the way to the C-suite in supply chain management, engineering, production, or sales. If you're looking for an employee or you're looking for a job, you only have to remember thomasnetjobs.com. And now back as we wrap up this very, very interesting look at uh, social media strategies with our guys and their guests. Well, welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Phil, I know that uh, you folks have just come out recently with a product which kind of wraps all of this uh, website, SEO, email marketing, and social media into a package where I, I guess you have strategically partnered with HubSpot. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Absolutely. So, you know, what, what we learned is what a lot of people realize after doing this for a while is we're selling all of these different things, right? So we have search engine optimization packages, right? We have email marketing, we have social media strategies. But ideally, just as the whole topic of this conversation is, the total is greater than the sum of its parts, right? So we had the idea to come up with one strategic solution that's goal-based. Let's look at a company's goals, right? You want to grow aerospace by 10%. Well, what does that mean? It means I need, you know, uh, 10 $10,000 contracts or $1 million contract. How can we get that? And we start to look at that very scientifically, very strategically, and then we use all of these tools in the toolbox to get there. And, and that, that happens by loosely correlating each of the functions we talked about to that conversion funnel, right? So we have lots of top of funnel stuff to get the brand and the recognition out there. And then we have further more detailed tactics to push them down through that funnel, ultimately getting them to a point where they're requesting a quote or buying it now, depending on if we're doing something custom or if we have something off the shelf. It's been a wildly popular offer. Uh, no sooner than we got it out there, uh, we started bringing contracts in, and it's something that we're, we're growing very carefully and we're really excited about because the theory is resonating with a lot of people. Uh, again, that by doing all of these pieces strategically in an integrated fashion, uh, we're going to win the game a lot better than doing them separately. And we're going to be sharing a lot more on that soon. Okay, great. We look forward to hearing it. I know that you also had, uh, you know, you touched on LinkedIn, you touched on Twitter. Yes. Are there yes. any other social media components that we haven't talked about yet? So if you had to do only three, you know the first two, the third one would be the blog, right? And, and the reason that the blog is important is that's where you get the opportunity to talk in paragraphs as opposed to just a couple of characters or a couple of sentences. And there's so many things you can do. You can do that. what I love, and, and this comes from back in the old PR days, the concept of an evergreen piece. And that simply means something that is not uh, time sensitive. You know, you can read it today or you can read it in two years, and it's still going to be relevant. Sometimes they need a little bit of refreshing, but and that might be the top five, the top seven, the top ten reasons to choose, uh, say, photochemical machining over stamping for short-run precision jobs, right? So you would give a couple of good reasons and support why. And that's a piece that could get a lot of leverage, and if it's, um, if it's published correctly um, as a blog, it could get a lot of search engine exposure as well. Um, the how-to tips, again, comparisons, alternatives, and of course, application and success stories, because remember, no one's going to tell your story better than your happy customers. And also for blog themes, you can do the timely stuff, you know, trends or what we call newsjacking. And maybe for newsjacking, what you'll do is you'll pick up something that's happening in the real world and turn it into a blog story. Um, you could do the company in the news if you're doing something seasonal or maybe an event wrap-up. You go to the big trade show, and for the folks that couldn't make it, here are the top five things I got at XYZ Expo 2014. So to answer your question there, Tim, I would say blog is the third critical piece, and then you can go on to the other stuff. Sure, you can do Facebook if you have these kind of out of the way. You can think about Google+, which has 
a huge amount of users, the trick is we don't know how much they're really using it yet. However, Google has stated very clearly that search results are dependent upon activity within Google Plus and other social. So it looks at those social signals. So that's a reason to at least have a minimal presence there. Um, and then we can talk about all the visual stuff. Uh, we can get into Pinterest and all of that visual stuff. But the problem I have with that is a lot of the stuff in our space isn't particularly that visual. You know, you've seen one fastener, you've seen them all, um, you know, to a certain extent. It's not as attractive as, say, uh, what the retail stores can do or the car dealers can do, which is a lot more fun to look at. It is hard to make forgings look like a sexy product for sure. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Uh, so the, the way we, we handle it is, uh, again, and I mentioned it earlier, about uh, putting out important information. Information and content is uh, definitely uh, king. Yes. With regards to uh, ThomasNet and uh, for the sake of our listeners, how and who could they reach out to at uh, ThomasNet to either learn more about this or get some guidance and direction from uh, ThomasNet? Well, we have, the good news is we have a lot of local representation out there, um, and we certainly in 10 minutes don't have enough time to read off all those names, and I might get a few bad phone calls if I did that. So I'll make it real easy. You can start the conversation with me. Feel free to email me. I'll give you my email. is pparanicus. That's P-P-A-R-A-N as in Nancy, I-C-A-S as in Sam, at thomasnet.com and I will send you in the right direction. Um, love to help you out, whoever needs help. We have plenty of people out there, like I said, in local representation that, that could come in and see you. Phil, could you uh, give us that uh, email address again? It's not your ordinary Smith & Jones, uh, as you already know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so give us that, that email address twice, one more time. Absolutely. That's P P A R A N I. C-A-S at thomasnetnet.com. Thank you. Great, Phil. Phil, it's been terrific to have you on Manufacturing Talk Radio today. Uh, again, we've been speaking with Phil Pronicus, who's the Director of New Product Development at ThomasNet. If you didn't happen to, to uh, write down all the letters for that email address, we will have those up on both Manufacturing Talk Radio, and you can go to steelforge.com to uh, to find out how to get a hold of Phil. And I also want to thank Mr. Lou Weiss, who is the president of All Metals and Forge Group, who is the sponsor of the show. Uh, we certainly appreciate your sponsorship and the ability to put the show on, Lou. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And Phil, again, thank you for being our guest today. Uh, we provide some terrific information, which we also look to summarize for our listeners uh, at a later time. Uh, they can find that at manufacturingtalkradio.com. Phil, thanks again. Very good. My pleasure to be here. Thank Great. you, Phil. And that kind of wraps it up for today's show of Manufacturing Talk Radio. You've been listening to the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. 
Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.